this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Well, welcome back. I stole it from you. No! The only thing that brings me joy throughout the day and you took it. That's the only thing that brings you joy throughout the day. Okay, that's a lie, but it brings me some joy. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. My I name at, is Aaron. I at least sounded enthused. I'm not enthused anymore because you stole it from me. You're not enthused to talk to our listeners about some Legend of Zelda? Okay. All right. Wow. Back, hey, listeners. Back to being enthused. You heard you heard it here. Aaron Shush. is not enthused <laughs> to talk to you all. Shush your face. Uh, well, welcome back. Uh, I'm Aaron, and uh, joining me is my fellow host. Just Ariel. The goddess of editing herself, Ariel. <sighs> You're welcome. No, I never once said thank you. <laughs> so, Ariel. Yes. Are we on the final episode yes. of this? Are we Are we about done with this? Probably not. I still probably have like 20 more characters, but yeah. Okay. We're going to talk more Twilight Princess characters today. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm ready for you. Let's go. Who do we got? Well, my first one is Farron. Hmm, I wonder who that is. Huh. Farron is the light spirit who watches over the Farron province. Hmm. It's named after the dragon of the same name from the era of the goddess Hylia. And before everything that happened in Twilight Princess with the dark interlopers trying to take over the sacred realm, Farron, along with Elden and Laneru, were asked by the golden goddesses to intervene so the light spirit sealed away the interlopers' magic kind of what we've already talked about before Farron is the second spirit Link meets during his journey and as part of Zant's plan to take over Hyrule the shadow beasts were ordered to steal the light of the spirits including Farron Farron will recover 
its powers once Link recovers all of the Tears of Light and returns Link to his human form. Instead of the wolf one. The spirit then tells Link of the Twilight and of his predecessor who is implied to be the hero of time. It also... Farron also informs Link that he is the new hero, having been chosen by the gods. And later on in the game, Farron, along with the other light spirits, aid Link and Zelda in the fight against Ganondorf by granting Zelda the power of the light arrows. And after Ganondorf's defeat, Farron and the other spirits grant Midna's return to her true form. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So that's kind of Farron in the game. So you, uh, you want to hear some fun facts? Always. Farron is seemingly meant to look like a monkey, a squirrel, or a lemur. And honestly, you know what I thought Farron looked like? Hmm. A ferret. A ferret? <laughs> It'd be kind of fitting too, Farron, ferret. Mm, okay. You know? <laughs> and I know... None of you would have guessed this, but Farron's name is a reference to Furore. What? Whoa. <laughs> I know. I know. The more you know. But yeah, that's what I have on Farron. You want my interpretation? Yes. Monkey Dragon. You could have came up with something better than Monkey Dragon. Mr. Monkey Dragon? Mr. Okay, because the Mr. <laughs> makes all the difference. It's the only thing I can think of whenever I saw him. Monkey dragon. Monkey dragon. It's got that big, long, dragon-like tail. Monkey dragon. Oh, boy. Who's next? Well, you'll never guess who is next. Is it Midna? No, we already did Midna. Or I already did Midna. It's Elden. Oh, wow. Elden is the spirit of light who protects Elden Province. The spirit takes a winged form, presumably that of an owl, and resides in Elden Spring in Kakariko. It's named after the dragon of the same name from the era of the goddess Hylia. So Elden, along with Farron and Laneru, were asked by the goddesses to intervene in the Interloper War, which I've already talked about. And... Once again, Elden's light was stolen by the Shadow Beast by Zant's order. And Elden's power is restored once Link gets it back. And then Elden also tells Link that the dark power he seeks is in the sacred grounds of the Gorons, and later directs him to the Lanayru province to find Ilya. And of course, the same as Farron, Elden helps in the fight with Ganondorf, helps create the light arrows, and helps return Midna to her true form. Pretty, so, pretty yeah, basic stuff. It's pretty basic. It's the same exact as Farron, sort of. 
well, with some in- different information that uh, tells Link. I will say, so the listeners at home know why we're going over these very minute details is because we're going to be talking about these things more in depth in later seasons. This is just kind of a wide scope of everything so that when we get to it, you'll know, oh, we're talking about Elden the Light Spirit in comparison to your dragon and, you know, vice versa kind of deal. It's just kind of an overlapping kind of thing. We're just going over a brief. Plus, I love redundancies. <laughs> and you want to know my fun fact? Oh, let's go. You once again would never guess this. Elden's name comes from the goddess Din. What? I know. <clears throat> I did like that they did that, though. I think it's pretty cool that they always draft in the name somewhere with these. Oh, definitely. I do like that. I just say it that way because redundancies. Because even in Breath of the Wild with the dragon spirits, Dinral, mm-hmm. Farage, you know, they it, it's the same thing. I am ashamed to admit that it took me a second to realize that. When we first started playing Breath of the Wild. Really? Yep. <laughs> Oh boy. I was like, man, I can't believe I missed that. Uh, you ready for my interpretation? Yes. <clears throat> Rauru's cousin twice removed. <laughs> okay, I like that a little better. <laughs> I was expecting you to say like Owl Dragon or something. like Owl Dragon? No. Nope. Nope. It's Rauru's cousin twice removed. Right, so you ready for my next one? You'll never guess who this one is. Is it Lanayru? No. No. Yeah, it is. Oh! <laughs> Figured cover them all at once. So, same thing as Elden and Farron. Lanayru's a light spirit. And it protects the Lanayru province and appears in the form of a serpent. Lanayru is also the only light spirit that has a shrine built around its spring. And. Local Hylians make regular visits to pay respect to the spirit. And same thing as the other two. Gets its light power taken, gets it back. And Lanayru then explains to Link about the few shadows. About how the few shadows were formed by the power of a race of magic wielders, the dark interlopers, in an attempt to control the sacred realm. However, before they were successful, the goddesses summoned them to intervene, and they had sealed away their magic into the few shadows. And the dark interlopers were chased across Hyrule in the Gerudo Desert, where they were then banished to the Twilight Realm by the goddesses. So, when Zaunt attacks Midna and Link at Lanayru Spring after they find the last few shadow, Lanayru appears and attempts to exa- attack Zaunt but it's knocked back. Zant then either magically forces Lanayru to shine its light on Midna or simply stops exerting his influence and allowing it to resurface, gravely injuring her. Lanayru then teleports Midna and Link away to relative safety along with the other light spirits. Lanayru heals Midna at the end of the game. So that's kind of what... Lanayru does in this. And guess what? Ooh. 
when Nehru's name is a reference to Nehru. What? No way. I like that this one in particular has a shrine built that the Hylians regularly visit. I like that kind of little intro into a little bit of a backstory here. I like it, but I feel bad for the other ones. It makes me wonder, and we will have to explore this later in a deep dive episode, as to why only Lanayru got the shrine. I wonder if it doesn't have something to do with... We'll we'll get there. I'm not going to ruin it. (laughs) Yeah. We'll have to do a deep dive on this one. (laughs) You ready for my interpretation? I am. Um, If Ka was the good guy... You know who Ka is, right? Yes. <laughs> wow. For those of you at home, if you don't remember, Ka is the snake from Jungle Book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ka was a good guy. <sighs> Come on, that was the best. Well, it was better than, like, Monkey Dragon. <laughs> I'm so done with you. Who we got next? We have... Barnes. Barnes! And Barnes is the owner of the bomb shop in Kakariko Village. Barnes first appears inside Renato's sanctuary hidden along with the children of Orden Village. While the entirety of the Elden Province is covered by Twilight. And once Link gets rid of all of that from there, Barnes discovers that his storage house has been destroyed. So he begins making new bombs before reopening his shop. As the game goes on, he manages to recover his lineup of products, including regular bombs, water bombs, and bomblings. So that is the fun things about Barnes. I have some interesting facts, if you're ready. I am always ready. If Link tries to pull out his lantern while inside Barnes's bomb shop, Barnes will slam his fist on the counter, causing Link to be doused in water. If Link does this while close to Barnes, Barnes will yell at him to pr- in protest. If Wolf Link enters his bomb shop, he puts his welder's mask down to cover his face. Ooh. And my last little fun fact here, Barnes's name may be a pun on Burns. In the French version of the game, his name is... Crame, a pun on the French slang Crame, meaning burned. Did you happen to catch what his name was in Spanish? Mr. Fuse. <laughs> I like that better. Don Mecca, Mr. Fuse. Uh, I like it, Mr. <clears throat> Fuse. I love it. Well, in Italian, it's Device Master. Yeah, no, that really... What was that? Maestro Ordigno? Mm-hmm. I don't like that one as much. Kind of just... Device Master. I don't know. Mr. Fuse sounds really <laughs> cool. I like it. It almost sounds like a Batman villain. Mr. Fuse. <laughs> uh, so that's Barnes. What's your interpretation? clown man who wanted to follow his dreams of welding. He's got that face like a clown. 
It's got like the big red hair it comes out the side and the big nose and the kind of looks like a clown. That's just mean. No, it's not. It's true. Or you could do the interpretation of uh, confused on whether to be a welder, a street brawler, a cowboy, or... Mr. Fuse. Mr. Fuse. Because let's just say his attire is very much I woke up this morning and chose violence. I <laughs> like that attire. I chose to throw whatever I wanted on. <laughs> Oh. Poor Mr. Fuse. <laughs> well, let's get to the next one here. Who do we got? Luda. And she's a girl who lives in Kakariko Village with her father, Renato, and is portrayed as being very mature for her age. Along with Barnes, Luda and her father are the only remaining survivors of Kakariko after the Shadow Beast raid. Luda becomes fast friends with the children from Orden Village when her father takes them in. Luda is first seen when Link visits the sanctuary as a wolf and sees her along with Renato, Barnes, and the Orden children, hiding from the Shadow Beasts. She informs Barnes that the sanctuary cellar has been infested with several shadow insects, and later on in the game, when Link rescues Colin, Luda and Beth take care of the boy together. Once Link brings the injured Rollis, to Kakariko, the Zora Prince will be taken to the Interest, where Luda and Beth also take care of him. After Prince Rollis returns to Zora's domain, if Link talks to Luda, she'll reveal that although she is happy that everyone is better now, she'll be sad when the children return to their home, since Kakariko will be much lonelier. Aww. I know. And it's evident that Luda seemingly becomes good friends with Beth. As in the end, credit, end credits, they can be seen hugging goodbye. Oh, I know. So I got one little fun fact here. Okay. Luda's bag, boots, and the back of her jacket appear to have designs that slightly resemble the Sheikah's eye symbol. Okay, see, that's pretty cool. I never caught that the first time. I'm looking at the picture, the um, like the character art right now rendering mm -hmm. yeah it definitely has the Sheikah eye on the back of the like poncho kind of deal that they have here in the artwork that's pretty cool yeah definitely so you ready for my interpretation yes uh baby Tifa baby Tifa <clears throat> what? She's dressed like Tifa before her dad got, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> got the cowboy boots and the, the, the cowboy attire and, you know, regular cowgirl. <laughs> Baby Tifa. I'm done. <laughs> On to the next one. Renato. Renato lives in Kakariko Village with his daughter Luda. And he's the one that finds the children from Orden Village and shelters them. And after Ilya and Rallis come to the village, he takes care of them as well. And Telma apparently has a romantic attraction to Renato, although these feelings are unrequited. Sorry, Telma. 
Wah, wah. When he gives Link his letter for Telma, he specifically says he does not wish to see her. <laughs> oh, oh, snap. Yeah, he also mentions that he was friends with Mayor Bo and sends Link, Link back to Orden Village to find him and ask him how to best the Gorons of Death Mountain. You know, sumo wrestler. Because you don't want to mess with Mayor Bo. Mayor Bo will mess you up. Mm-hmm. So do we have any fun facts? Actually, no. I don't have any fun facts about Renato, which I'm surprised about. Very surprised about that. Uh, do you want my interpretation? Yes. In its stead? Yes. Uh, what Rauru should have been from the beginning of. Okay. I'm just saying, this is one of my favorite characters from Twilight Princess. He's just awesome. Renato is just awesome. I want him to be my dad. All right. (laughs) I can see that. Rauru should have been like this from the beginning. Not to mention, Renato is a shaman. So it wouldn't be too far of a stretch for Renato to be a, you know, Sage of Light. Please. <laughs> Just so cool. <laughs> All right, I'm done on my tangent. Oh, boy. All right, so next is Shad, not to be confused with Chad. Shad is a scholarly young man and a member of the Resistance. He's deeply interested in the race of sky beings known as the Uka, having researched them for much of his life. And he happily informs Link about them at any given opportunity. Really does, though. Yeah, but this information is later useful in Link's search for the scattered shards of the Mirror of Twilight. And Shad's manner of speech is very formal, taking on an excitable tone when he comes to speaking about his areas of interest. He's the only member of the Resistance who doesn't fight or use weaponry. He states that while he may be formidable at book reading, he lacks any physical skills or strength. Despite this, though, he seems to carry a dagger tucked between the pages of his book. If Link visits Telma's bar before he completes the lakebed temple, Shad will be interested in his hero's clothes. Now, Shad's father, a scholar in his own right, had conducted research on the Uka before him until the time of his death and had wished his son to continue it. Therefore, he holds his father in high regard and seems to loathe either disappointing him or failing him. And Shad also makes constant references to the notes his father has left him. He helps Link reach the city in the sky through his knowledge of both skywriting and the Uka using what he knows to restore power to the Dominion Rod. Link then uses the rod to collect the letters missing from the ancient sky book, which in turn enables him to reach the sky cannon in the basement in a basement in Kakarika Village. So I got one little fun fact here. Okay. Shad's name may be a reference to the Rigya Graham Shad. I did not say that right, so I apologize. 
a Tibetan character used to indicate the end of a paragraph. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? The character looks kind of like it kind of looks like a sword upside down. I'm looking at it right now. I'll show you. It kind of looks like a sword upside down. Yeah. Which explains the dagger. Explains the dagger in the book. Yep. Oh, that's really cool. I love, love when they do this stuff in Legend of Zelda. This is awesome. It's pretty awesome. So you ready for my interpretation? Yes. If Legolas picked up a book and set up a bow. Boo, Legolas is attractive. <laughs> I'm just saying. Got big old pointy elf ears. Yeah, he's a Hylian. <laughs> they all do. I know they do. Just saying. I have I have I have something to admit before we go further. What? I honestly thought when I first started playing when I was real little that Hylians were just Nintendo's versions of elves. They're not? No. It's weird. They're human elf things. Elves? Elves! <laughs> oh, wait. Hylians? What? So I'm going to go to the next one now. <laughs> I'm just interrupting you here. Okay. And talk about some awesome, awesome characters. You ready? Because we're getting to the Gorons. Let's go. I'm going to roll on into this here. Oh my gosh. I got Darbus. Darbus. Yes. Darbus is the patriarch of the Goron tribe of Death Mountain, succeeding Gorkaron, the previous patriarch. It's his duty, along with the four Goron elders, to oversee and protect the Goron mines and the fused shadow that, res that rests inside. He is much larger than most other Gorons in the game and is notable for his physical strength. It's revealed by Gorkaron that before Link first arrived at Death Mountain, Darbus entered the Goron mines to investigate the mountain's odd volcanic activity as well as to determine whether the Fused Shadow was safe. However, when Darbus touched the Fused Shadow, he went into Virus, which I know I already talked about Virus, and a little bit of Darbus. Darbus. So I'm going to kind of skip over the whole Virus part, because I talked about that in the enemies. So later on in the game, Darbus visits the sanctuary in Kakariko Village to try and help restore Ilya's memory due to the fact that she is an acquaintance of Link. And after obtaining the wooden statue, Link speaks to Darbus and is offered his help. Ironically, Darbus laughs at the idea that Link would be able to help him in turn. Because, you know, he never got his memory back of the time while he was Virus. When Link shows the statue to Ilya, Gorokuran recalls that the tribe who created it lived in a hidden village that was now blocked off by a rock slide. He then says that the structure is no trouble for a Goron and asks Darbus to clear a path for Link. When Link arrives at the entrance to the hidden village, Darbus 
having already cleared away the rock slide, warns him about the group of Bulblins that now inhabit the place, as well as gives him tips on how to defeat them. After Darbus's work is complete, he returns to Death Mountain. So I have a fun little fact here. Okay. Darbus was initially meant to be accompanied by Luis. This can be seen in early concept art where she rests on his shoulder. Oh, that would have been great. Why didn't we get that? <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. No. DeGron has a kitty cat. <laughs> uh, all right. You ready for my interpretation? Yes. If MC Hammer were a Goron. <laughs> okay. That was, Does, that, it that looks. Was, that, that was a good one. Yep. That was a good one. I'm giving it to you. It's the haircut. Wow. It's the haircut. Wow. <laughs> I would also accept vanilla eyes. They both have the same haircut. <laughs> raw, raw baby. <laughs> I love how we went from rock band designs on Ocarina of Time to um, any musician ever. <laughs> Uh, anyway, go on. All right. I, 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 I will I will make it a point to point out why I say that. Wow. Okay, <laughs> so next one I have is Gorkron. <laughs> so, once a great sumo wrestling champion, Gorkron is now one of the four elders in the Goron tribe of Death Mountain. He was the previous patriarch and was succeeded by Darbus. Gorkron also acts as the leader while Darbus is virus and does so until Darbus is freed. To prove Link's strength and determination, he challenges him to a sumo wrestling match so that Link may pass into the Goron Mines. He at first doubts Link's potency, but afterwards, when he's beaten, he commends Link's achievement and show of strength. After that, he tells Link what had happened in the mines and begs Link to go aid Darbus. And after Darbus is saved, Gorkron helps Link restore Ilya's memory. And that is all I have. I don't have any fun facts. Sorry. Are you ready for my interpretation then? Yes. Beethoven Goron. He kind of looks like Beethoven to me. Oh, boy. <laughs> See what I mean? They just chose random musicians. These aren't Zora. <laughs> These are Gorons. <laughs> All right. The next one I have is Goromoto. And Goromoto is the first Goron elder found in the Goron mines. He's physically very small and feeble looking and uses a cane. He has vents on his back and head, which can be seen releasing smoke and gases. <laughs> he can be found on the west side of the first level of the mines and gives Link the first key shard, a piece of the shattered big key. So I have some fun facts here. The algae growing on Goromoto's back, sp back spouts may be a reference to the theory of a biogenesis in which life 
is thought to have originally been sustained on Earth. This could be an allusion to Shigeru Miyamoto's influence in the concept of several Nintendo series and titles, whom Goromoto is named after. Hyrule Historia states that the smoke was inspired by the practice of moxibustion. So, yeah, fun little fact there, but a character that, you know, doesn't really do much in the game. I think it's cool. He's really cool. I like that he has the beard that's, uh, what is it, stalactite is the ones that hang from the ceiling? Sure. I know it's one of them, stalactite, stalagmite, I don't know. I can't remember which one, but I like that I like that they kept this rock mountain cave kind of theme going with these guys. Yeah. I have one last little thing here. Okay. And like I said, that his name is a reference to... Shigeru Miyamoto. Similarly, Goromoto's Japanese name is Don Shigeru. Oh. So that's cool. So like the like English trans, you know, translation, whatever, is Amoto, which is from Miyamoto. And the Japanese name is Don Shigeru from Shigeru. Miyamoto. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome and very unexpected. I never would have thought they would have picked such a way to hide Shigeru Miyamoto's name in this. But that's pretty awesome that it's like a it's a pretty mundane NPC that they used. <laughs> Almost gives you that Stan Lee kind of yeah. impression. <laughs> little cameo there. Uh, I mean, if I made the series, I would want a cameo as a Goron, even though they don't have any females. Uh, but next one. Uh, Wait, no, you haven't done your interpretation. I need an interpretation for this one. You ready? Yep. <clears throat> Master Splinter of the Gorons. <laughs> I like it. I can't take all the credit. You gave me some inspiration behind that one. So thank you. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go over two more Gorons before our mid break. Next one up is Gore Abizo. Gore Abizo. Yeah. Gore Abizo. And he is the second most powerful elder in the Goron Society of Death Mountain. Gore Abizo is also the oldest looking. He is the second Goron elder found in the Goron mines. Once Link finds him, he'll give him a key shard, which will aid him in the quest to rescue Darbus. His greatest wish is to be able to sell wares to multiple people before he passes away, which is possible if Link gives him enough donations. He can be seen dancing in the Malomart Kakariko branch later in the game after Malomart has extended into Hyrule Castletown. Gore Abizo appears to have a speech impediment, saying, Brada instead of brother. So I have one fun little fact here. Gorobizo's appearance is very similar to that of the Goron Elder from Majora's Mask, as both are doddering old Gorons with unusually long hair and very large lips. You know what? Thinking about it and looking at the picture side to side, yeah, they do look very similar. They do. 
You ready for my interpretation? Uh, yes. All aboard the crazy train for Ozzy Osbourne of the Rock People. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I am done with you. <laughs> Uh, I told you, famous musicians, minus Master Splinter. <laughs> All right. The last one I'm going to go over for right now is Gore Liggs. And he is an another Goron elder who is somewhat similar to a guru, guru. Mellow by nature does not seem to take life too seriously, meditates and chants, and looks radically different in terms of physical appearance and weight in comparison to the typical Goron. However, he seems to be the most spiritually inclined. He's the third elder found in the Goron Mines, meditating to a strange kind of music. Gore Liggs gives Link the third and final key shard and combines them to help Link in his quest to rescue Darbus. He's also the main supplier of hot spring water in Kakariko Village and can be found outside of Malamart. The Elder can be seen dancing in the shop later in the game after the Hyrule Castle Town branch has been established. Gore Liggs has a son in Hyrule Castle Town who sells hot spring water. And I have no fun facts. But I have an interpretation. Oh, let's hear it. What you thought was a statue is really a rock person. I'm sorry, but when I first stumbled upon him, thought it was a statue. Oh, boy. Let's go to our mid break. And when we come back from that, we'll oh discuss my more Twilight Princess characters. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> Get yeah! Well, Ariel, here we are in the middle of the show. Yep. <laughs> What's the first thing we do? Thank our patrons. Oh, yeah. We have to thank our wonderful patrons, such as our golden goddess level patrons, Austin Sloan, Jeremy Kelly, Gex, Mabel Flapjacks. And then we have to thank our Hyrule royalty patrons, Alan Morgado, Christopher Green, James Becker, Nightfall, and of course our Sheikah level patrons, Foil Grimir, Hero of Theories, Hero of Time, Jedi Link 01. I still love that name. And I got to see a Jedi Link picture today. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery Bemo, Naked Mango, Stormer858, Vitimus Duck, We Are Legion, Wolf Warrior1869, and then our Kokiri patrons, Amik, Austin J. Milner, Jumunji, Megalithic, Nebula Echo, Preston Balagad, Remington Cloutier, and of course our fairy patrons, Doug Leamy and Rain Bow Marvel. Oh, I get it. Ah, Rainbow Marvel. <laughs> Shh. I never claimed to be the smartest. <laughs> But thank you, seriously, to all our patrons. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. And patron chats would be pretty lonely. I feel like patron chats would be non-existent. They wouldn't. And I'd be lonely. 
Oh boy. <laughs> but anyways, yes, thank you, patrons. We do greatly appreciate it. And we also greatly appreciate you listeners, because without you, we wouldn't have a show. Tis also true. Aaron would be so lonely. I would. So, Ariel, hmm. are you ready to hear some awesome, awesome things for some awesome, awesome fans? Yeah. Of course, Apple iTunes is being a jerk again and won't let me see the ratings and the reviews. But that's okay, because we have tons of emails that came in. So uh, I'm going to read this one first. You ready? Yep. This one comes to us from Franz. From who? Franz. Uh, is it Franz? It's, it's Franz. It's Franz. F-R-A-N-Z. Franz. Okay. <laughs> says, I love the legend of Zelda lore cast. Hey, I'm Franz. I love your podcast. It's super fun and interesting to listen to. I've loved LOZ my entire life, and I love just hearing people talk about it. Okay, I've got to be a bit serious for a second. Aaron, it's okay if you cry a bit. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Oh, no. It's going to be one of those. (laughs) I have chronic pain and fatigue, so I'm in pain all the time. And I'm always tired no matter how much I sleep. This makes my life and especially work really hard and stressful for me. Your podcast helps a lot. It gives me a distraction to focus on. It's really easy for me to get sucked into the podcast because both of you are interesting and funny and I love LOZ so much. I really don't know what I would do without you guys. You guys help me out more than you'll ever know. Keep doing what you're doing and know that I really, it really does make a difference. I'm sorry. It's really hard to read this with the tears. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Sorry to get all serious. To make up for it, how about some merch? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I was not expecting this for the first email. This is the first thing I found, and it's really cool. It's a Keaton mask, and it's on Etsy. And Ariel hate me for this. I'm sorry. It's $163.87. And it looks like it's really good quality. I definitely want one for myself. We'll check it out. Here, let's see. Okay, that is awesome. Oh, that is really cool. I forgive the price. (laughs) So this comes to us from the creator, Masenko Props. Oh, I see what they did there. I see there. Um, (laughs) The other thing I found is for when you're tired out and need a nap. A light dragon neck pillow. This one is really cute and you can get it again on Etsy for just $63.27. Sorry again, Ariel. I'll do better next time. (laughs) Are you ready to look at this? Oh, that is cute. That is cute. I need it. (laughs) Though I will fall asleep while editing. I get that. You don't get it. (laughs) This comes to us from the creator Bushido on Etsy. Um, Pretty good rating on there too. 4.61 stars. Not bad rating. So again, thank you guys so much for everything you do. I'm glad to know there are people out there who care about LOZ as much as I do. Never stop doing this. You guys are incredible. P.S. I'm saving up to get an ocarina and I'll probably get one next paycheck. You better watch out because soon I'll be able to beat you and Ariel in a duel. I know you'll be able to beat me because this entire time I have not practiced. I am a terrible person. (laughs) P.P.S. I love Kex theories. They're super duper cool and always well thought out. Tell them their voice is super cool, too. Thanks. You hear that, Kex? You're super cool. (laughs) So that's it for that email. 
I just want to say one thing. Okay. You are completely forgiven for the weird number in the merch. <laughs> I'll let it slide. Let it slide. I'll, this I'll time. let it slide. So uh, this next one comes to us from Henry Helfrick, and it just says, "I love your pod." Smiley face. Short, sweet, but simple to the point. I like it. Me too. <laughs> so the next one is from Jeremy Thomas. This one. This one's a long one. You ready? Hello, I'm one of your Spotify listeners. I just wanted to say I've given you guys five stars. I appreciate that. And that I really love the podcast. I'm a very tired toddler dad whose kids could tire out a Korok. I totally get that. I'm here with you. (laughs) Ariel knows more than I do. (laughs) I also work a physical construction job. And for some reason, I still keep up the hobby of long distance running. Hmm, sounds like something we do, huh? Five kids, full-time jobs. You you, you don't do long-distance running. I don't do long-distance running. That's where I draw the line. (laughs) You guys and your awesome podcasts help me to just zen out and enjoy my runs after a long day. I'm only about halfway through, but thought I'd let you guys know how much fun I'm having. I can't decide what is my favorite part of the podcast but I really just think it's the chemistry between the both of you. I also feel a little kinship with Aaron because my wife is pretty sarcastic and I tend to be more of the talkative of the two of us. (gasps) Zing. You know why Aaron is more talkative? Because he talks so much I don't get time to talk. You're welcome. (laughs) However, I enjoy Ariel's zingers thoroughly. I've even laughed out loud in public because of a few and have gotten the occasional odd stare as a result. See, Ariel, you're causing people to give weird looks. Good. (laughs) Good. Anyhow, sounds like the two of you have quite a lot on your plate with day jobs and multiple podcasts. I hope you all take time for yourselves and are enjoying the ride together. What you've created is a lot of fun for us listeners, and we appreciate you. Take care, Jeremy. P.S. Does Gex have a podcast? Every time she stops going into a theory with, I won't take any more of your time. I am both delighted that she values everyone else's input, but I'm also disappointed she is stopping. <laughs> that's a that's a bunch of people asking for kicks to have a podcast now. Hey, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> well, I mean, that's 100% up to kicks. That's 100% kicks. Uh, but that comes to us again from Jeremy. So thank you, Jeremy. Yes, I am very happy that I make people stare at you awkwardly. <laughs> it's like my one goal in life. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> so this one comes to us from Jennifer. You ready? It says, Dear Aaron and Ariel, love, 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 love the show. I've left you a five-star review on Apple Reviews already. Y'all are great. I adore Ariel's sarcasm, and I love her interpretations. I do have one small criticism, if you don't mind. I can hear Aaron just fine, but lately Ariel seems to be pulling back from the mic or speaking lower or something. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. I don't know what's going on with her. I'm probably 100% pulling away from the mic. My bad. (gasps) I'll I'll get closer. (laughs) Uh, I can't hear a lot of her comments, and if I turn the volume up anymore, Aaron might blow out my ears. I'm sorry. I tried Um, super loud. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've gone deaf in real life because of how loud Aaron is. I'm sorry. Uh, So, oh my gosh. 
So Ariel, please speak up a little bit because I love hearing your comments. I will do my best. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not a very loud person. Like in real life, I'm not very loud. No. So I don't have the ability. I don't have volume control on myself personally. Hmm. Because when somebody tells me to speak up, I end up shouting instead of just speaking up a little louder. Yeah. So my bad. But I will 100% speak into the mic now. Because <laughs> sometimes I don't. Uh, so my bad. I'll fix it. It's okay. Thanks again. Love y'all. And I am just starting the Toilet Princess segment. Since I've never finished the game, I can't wait to hear about it. I have it on my Wii. Just need to give it another go. Sincerely, Jennifer. So thank you, Jennifer. Also, Jennifer sent a second email. Are you ready? Yep. Uh, it says, sorry to write you again, but I came across these and thought y'all would like them. <laughs> and it is... <gasps> dun, dun, dun. It is hoodie sweatshirt combos. Hoodie sweatshirt pant combos. And um, they're awesome. It's all the link tunics. It's all of them. It's all of them. Oh, it's all of them. Okay, I want that one. Oh, I want that one. <laughs> we'll look through it later. Uh, no, I'm looking through. Oh, I want that one. That's oh Dark Link. Ooh. We have more reviews. Okay, we'll get to them. But for ah, the Snow Quill armor set. Ariel. What? More reviews. Yeah. Now. Ooh, Impa. Now. Ooh, they got Fierce Deity Link. Ooh, they got the Ancient Armor set. Phantom Armor, Magic Armor. They got the Goron Tunic. Okay, fine. <laughs> you see, this is exactly why I'm so... Oh, they got Tingle. <laughs> this okay. is why I'm so mean to Aaron. He doesn't let me look at cool <laughs> stuff. So this is from GearHomieStore.com, and we are going to post the link in the show notes for all of the items that we talked about here that our lovely fan sent us. So thank you. Um, I think we got time for what? You think two more? Oh, if I keep my mouth shut. Oh. All right. <clears throat> here we go. You ready? So this one comes to us. From blank. They blanked out their name. I was really hoping it was just from blank. <laughs> like the name blank. Uh, you'll already know who you are. Says, hi, my name is blank. And I love your podcast. The person who introduced me to your podcast was my brother, blank. We both absolutely love LOZ. Aaron, you will happy be happy about this. But me and my brother are the world's biggest fans of Tetra. Yes. Yes. Tetra for the one. I have a few things to tell you guys first. Please make an episode on Kukos. Secondly, I have a few questions for you. First, what are your top three Zelda Link ships? Personally, mine in order are Wind Waker, Zelda Link, Spirit Track, Zelda Link, and Skyward Sword Zelda Link. Okay, before we continue, what are your what are your three Zelda Link ships? So I just I wanted to be sarcastic and be like 
Queen Zenobia. Because ships. But it's Resident Evil, so... <laughs> you dork. <laughs> um, this may come as a surprise to you, listeners, but I don't like romance. What? I know, so I don't know. So I don't, don't have, have any ships? Like ships. Um, I mean, the whole thing going on in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. I think that's good enough. Like, they should just say <laughs> that they like you. Well, Zelda should just tell Link. Mm. But yeah, that's about it. I don't like romance. I'm sorry, listeners. As you can tell, I'm not a very romantic person. So, sorry. What about you? <clears throat> so, first off, Ocarina of Time. All the way. That's a ship for me. Um, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, definitely a ship for me. And uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really ship it, but I like the relationship they have uh, in Wind Waker. Cause Tetra, no need no man. Cause Tetra be a pirate. <laughs> so yeah, there's my ships. <laughs> toot toot. Uh. So next is also, what is your favorite Link in Zelda versions? Yes, Tetra and Sheikah included. You want me to go first on this one? Sure. Okay. <clears throat> Twilight Princess Link. Excuse me. Okay, scratch that. Number one, Fierce Deity Link. <laughs> number two, Twilight Princess Link. And number three, Dark Link. Because Dark Link. <laughs> dark Link because Dark Link. Because Dark Link. I uh, didn't like Dark Link. I don't like him because he's evil, but I can't deny that he is awesome. <laughs> Got a love-hate relationship. <laughs> Got a love-hate relationship. Uh, Zelda is definitely Tetra, then Sheik, and then I'd have to say Twilight Princess Zelda because she is also another one who just kicks butt, takes names. Yeah, but I could also argue with, uh, well, she just gave up like yeah it was for her people to protect them but like she didn't fight in the beginning it was just like okay here you go whatever fine then we'll go with Hyrule Warriors it's <laughs> it's your top three I was just saying <sighs> um let's see okay Breath of the Wild for both. Tears of the Kingdom for both. Okay. Yeah, you can argue it's in the same thing because they're a <laughs> sequel, but you know what? I don't care. I do what I want. And then, oh, I think I might have to agree with Aaron. With Zelda for number three, it would be Wind Waker. Tetra for the win. Yes. High five. Yes. <laughs> and then for Link for number three, uh, I gotta go Twilight Princess because I like the whole darker thing with Link plus Wolf Link. So. I was gonna say Wolf Link. That's why I picked it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what that's what I'm gonna go with. Um, so uh, Blank here shows uh, it's Hero Wins 
because it's just a great link and also he can harness the power of gods with the Wind Waker. Um, and he also didn't just defeat Ganondorf, he also killed Bellum. And you already know my favorite Zelda. Shout out to Kex, you're amazing. Another shout out to Wolf. Two more things to mention are, can you do an episode where you have Akinator try and guess different LOZ characters? Also, if you haven't already, please check out the Linked Universe comic. Sorry for the long email, but thanks for reading this. Your fan, blank. P.S. Here are some memes. And uh, I will slowly but surely leak these memes to our Discord. <laughs> and Twitter. <laughs> But thank you for the lovely email. You ready for our last email here? Yep. Okay. This one comes to us from... It's from That Zelda Fan. (laughs) So, That Zelda Fan says, Let me just say I love this podcast. I've played Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, and part of Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, and Minish Cap. By far, my favorite character has to be Urbosa from the Breath of the Wild. And what is your least favorite boss in all of LOZ? Oh, right to the questions. Least favorite boss, LOZ. Go. Least favorite boss. Hmm. I don't know. That's a hard one. Least favorite boss. Oh, I already know. Okay, say it. Tears of the Kingdom Ganondorf final battle because that was ridiculous. Favorite, also least favorite, hate, love, hate relationship there. <laughs> it was hard. Hmm. I have no idea. Least favorite. I don't know. I give. I give. I give. You can't give. I give. (laughs) So, uh, we've actually got a couple emails from that Zelda fan. So I'm going to read all of them. You ready? So the next one is, hey, I love this podcast so, so much. I would give this podcast infinite stars. I love both y'alls, including that Southern accent interpretation, even though it was terrible. I added that part. Uh... (laughs) And y'all's personality. One question. What's your least favorite boss in all of Zelda? Oh, we already did that one. We just did that. Uh, Mine would be Queen Gibdo from Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, Queen Gibdo was pretty difficult too. Uh, Last, I got merch and it's the cutest Twilight Link ever. Love y'all, that Zelda fan. So here's another merch item for you, Ariel. Okay, that is adorable. Aww. (laughs) It's a cool puppy. Uh, this is $3 even, too. I like that number. From the creator, uh, Soy Milk on Etsy. I know. I know. Soy Milk. <laughs> Soy Milk? Soy Milk. It is a, uh, looks like a chibi version of a Twilight Princess Wolf sticker. Soy Milk. So we'll add that to the show notes as well. And the last one. Hello, it's me again. Just... To say again, I love this podcast. All the stars. Y'all are probably the funniest people I have ever met. Ariel's sarcasm and Aaron's laugh included. Aha, they love my laugh. <laughs> I got even more merch. Adopt a mini Korok keychain key ring. Oh, that's Ariel's bread and butter mm-hmm. right there. Okay, that's adorable. 
I want it. No, and guess what? It's nine dollars and fifty cents. I want it. <laughs> Comes to us from Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. Um, and then we have the Hetsu and Korox. Hetsu. I read that too fast. Hestu. I knew it as soon as I said it. It was Hestu. <laughs> Hestu and Korox art print for twenty dollars even. No. No. Uh, and it comes to us from Nicholas and Dimes Art on Etsy. And finally, we have a 3D wood map of Hyrule. Okay, we've talked. I think we've talked about this one before, haven't we? I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, but I didn't. I don't think we talked about it from the Etsy store. Because this one comes to us from Fantastic Wood Art. You can get it in a couple different sizes, it looks like. And a different. Oh, I guess it's all sold out now. Dang it. Sorry, I'm sure they will come back in stock at some point. Uh, so yeah, the creator again was fantastic wood art. And we finish up our lovely email with hope y'all love it, that Zelda fan. So thank you, that Zelda fan, for all the lovely emails. And thank you everyone else for the emails. And we've got a few more to go through, but we'll get to those next episode. So with that being said, Ariel, we've thanked our patrons, we've read our emails, What's next? Stop sneezing, because that would be great. <laughs> uh, would you, by chance, have brought something for the mid-break here? Well, with all, with all the merch we got from the emails, now I just kind of feel bad for bringing even more merch. <laughs> Never. But I got something cool from Etsy. Oh, yeah, this is from Chocobo Square. And it is. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Laser cut and engraved keyring and wall mount. What? Yeah, it's super cool. So it has... It's wood. Look at the keychains. <gasps> oh, it's like um, it looks like eight bit Link and Zelda from Minish Cap in there. That's super freaking cool. Yeah, and uh, and they fit into the wall mount. Oh my god! And it just hangs your keys from there. That's awesome. Yeah. We need this. <laughs> we could put the Loz Mobile keys on there. Uh, yeah listeners at home that have never seen our keys so the key to Evie our car has Majora's mask on it <laughs> so because we're, we're prepping the keys before we prep the car to be the LOZ Lorecast mobile right why does it have to be a LOZ Lorecast why can't it just be LOZ okay it's the LOZ mobile <laughs> LOZ mobile <laughs> I like it so the mount measures 160 millimeters across 82 millimeters high and eight millimeters thick. And the keyrings themselves are 40 millimeters tall and are four millimeters thick. Okay. So it's pretty, pretty decent size then. Yeah. So, and the price is $31.25. So yeah, I will have the link for that in the show notes. Well... I found something specifically for you, Ariel. 
Who of the champions slash sages is your favorite? I feel like those are two different people because you got champions from okay. like Breath of the Wild and then you have sages from Tears of the Kingdom. Fair enough. There are some different, different sages to the champions from last. Okay. Who's your favorite sage? That's better. <laughs> Who's my favorite sage? Yep. Oh, that's a hard one because I absolutely love Yonobo and I absolutely love Tulin. Okay, dang it. Uh, this did not go the way I thought it would. <laughs> I was wrong, and then I was even more wrong. <laughs> uh, just so everyone at home knows, I do know the difference between the champions and the sages. I just keep forgetting that Tulin was not the champion. It was his dad that was the champion. I keep making them the same person in my head. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said that they're kind of different, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're... Know. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, speaking of Tulin, that's in fact who we're talking about. Today, I brought for a merch item for $75.07, don't ask, uh, <laughs> from a Pushido shop on Etsy, you can get yourself a 30 centimeter Tulin plush toy. I need. <laughs> I don't even care about the seven cents I need. Uh, a squishy little Tulin boy to have as your own. Oh my goodness, he's so cute. He's adorable. So uh, yeah, if you want this, uh, right now it looks like um, orders are open, ready to go. Um, there was a little a little bit ago they were saying they were optimizing the plush toy and uh, they were doing a second de- design. Um, so this is pre-sale, but it still looks really good and adorable. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, I want. <laughs> so, yes, if you want a Tulin plush toy of your own, uh, we'll have the link in the show notes down below for you on that one. So, I think that's it. I think we're done now, aren't we, Ariel? Yep, we're done. Okay. So, we're going to go to the last part of the episode and talk about the last bit of the characters. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, in order for you to practice for this duel, mm-hmm. gonna need an ocarina. You're right. Because you're not taking mine. Dang it. You know where you can get one? There. Where can I get the fun? I don't know why I did a German thing. I don't know either. <laughs> but you can go get one at STL Ocarina. And if you use our promo code LOZLORE10, you can save yourself 10% off of a beautiful ocarina. Oh, really? No. Mm-hmm. And they have more than just Legend of Zelda themed ocarinas, but come on now. That's the one you want. So do it. Go there now. Order yourself an ocarina and save yourself 10%. And while you're at it, you can uh, roll on over to Fanroll Dice. Use our promo code AlmightyC10, which is A L L Mighty, the letter C, and 10, and save yourself 10% off a set of dice or dice accessories, because, you know, dice also need accessories. Then they have dice trays and dice towers and dice bags and all things dice related, as well as different types of dice like resin and metal and gemstone and rubber and a bunch of different other kind. They even have like mini dice and giant dice. 
for people that, you know, can't see like me, eat those big old dice. Or just because you think they're cool, regardless. So yeah, going over to Fan Roll Dice, use our promo code almightyc10 and save yourself 10% off your purchase. You know they're doing a summer sale right now too. Sweet. I can't remember what the percentage is off, but it's a pretty good percentage, so... Is it 100% off? Gosh, I no. would like that. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, uh, but it is a decent chunk. I'll have to get the info on that for the next episode. Yeah, and for anybody that thinks that, okay, we're rattling off sponsors, like I legit have a... Uh, I legit have an ocarina from mm-hmm. STL Ocarina that I absolutely love. And yes, it's Legend of Zelda. And I also have, I don't even know, a lot of dice from FanRoll Dice. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, we do use these products. Well, for those of you who haven't talked to about talked to us behind the scenes, the rule of thumb on these shows that we do is if we don't try a product, then we don't talk about it. We got to like the product in order to talk about it. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> so uh, speaking of products we like. Okay, well, before you continue on, uh-huh. I'm cutting you off. Oh. Because I'm going to need you to switch on over to... Nixie Gaming. Oh, you didn't forget our newest sponsor. Uh, no, I just don't get to talk, <laughs> listeners. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, yeah, switch on over to Nixie Gaming. Use our promo code LOZLORE. Not lure, like Aaron likes to say. <laughs> and save yourself 10% off. They have these new controllers that are GameCube. Mm-hmm. Controllers for your Switch. Which is pretty cool. Aaron has one. I'm not. They are. It's awesomely made. Keep that in mind when I say this. I'm not a big fan of it because I'm not a huge fan of bulky. Mm. But it's well done. It's very well done. And they also have like docking stations and different stuff like that too. So definitely go check them out if you have a switch and want to check out the stuff they have. Because if you find something like, you can save yourself ten percent off of it. By using LOZ lore. Yeah. So they got tons of stuff. They've got RGB controllers. They've got like pro gaming controllers. Their most popular items are the GameCube controllers for obvious reasons. (laughs) But yes, go on, go look. Make sure you use NixieGaming.com because there is Nixie Game and it will take you to a website where our code does not work. Go to nixing, nixiegaming.com. That's N-Y-X-I gaming.com. Well, yeah, and I will have the link for that in the show notes, so you don't have to remember all that. You can just go to our show notes and click the link. I'll take you right to it. Boo-boom. Well, Ariel, I think that really is it for all the sponsors for now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, are you ready to continue on with your characters? No. Mm. Too bad. Okay. Let's go to the end. <laughs> All right, we're back, Ariel. Mm, are we? Let's speed round this. Oh, I will <laughs> do my best. All right. We're going to change it up a little bit. Can I give you my my interpretation first? I guess. <laughs> Tinkerman. 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 <laughs> looks like a tinker man to me (laughs) well my next character is tinkerman oru oh it's 
really not Tinkerman Oru. It's just Oru. It's just Oru. And Oru is, of course, one of the members of the Resistance. And is the oldest of the group. He knows a whole bunch about the Gerudo Desert and the evils that are there. He appears to have known the sages who guard the Mirror of Twilight at some point in time. Aside from knowing that they once tutored the young Princess Zelda, it was apparently they who first told him of the mirror and its location. <laughs> so you find him in southwestern Lake Hylia at the top of a tall lookout tower. And he believes the evil currently plaguing Hyrule is related to the desert, specifically the Arbiter's Grounds. He would be right. Which is a prison that formerly housed the worst criminals in Hyrule and is also the resting place of a cursed mirror supposedly used to send criminals sentenced to death directly to the Twilight Realm. As we know. He says that the road leading to the desert is impassable. Though he will aid you in traveling there through the use of Fire's Cannon. The memo he gives Link instructs Fire to send Link to the desert for free. Request Fire can't refuse due to the fact that Oru saved Fire's life long time ago. So using the cannon, Link will gain access to the Gerudo Desert and eventually the Mirror of Twilight. And after the completion of Arbiter's Grounds, Oru can be met anytime in Telma's bar. Because the Tinkerman likes the drink. He likes the milky drink. So, I have a fun little fact here. In the Japanese version of Twilight Princess, Oru was Princess Zelda's tutor. See, I hate when they do that stuff because it takes... In order to understand the actual full canon of the Legend of Zelda series, oftentimes you have to interpret. You have to get interpret. Mm, I can't say the word. You have to have translations. There we go. Of the Japanese versions of all things to do with the Legend of Zelda to get the tiny little details, because that means canonically that Auru was the tutor. Yeah, I mean. Why change something that doesn't need to be changed? Yeah, well, and it has to do with a lot of, like, words don't translate and English well and, you know, things like that. So it's it's understandable, but it kind of, it's infuriating. <laughs> well, are you ready for my next character? I Let's am. speed roll this. Let's go. Mr. I like to talk. All right. I'm ready. You ready for my interpretation? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know how to interpret this. Hold on. I got this. Uh, <clears throat> clown with red paintbrush hair. That's the best I got for you. <laughs> I would like killer clowns from Outer Twilight. Dang it. See, yours are always better. <laughs> Is that what all of these are? Killer clowns from tw- uh, Outer Twilight? I mean, just look at them. I mean, right. 
So, Falby is a former circus actor who owns the Flight by Fowl at Lake Hylia, which allows Link to fly with Kuko's open link over the lake. He seems to be more cheerful and enthusiastic than Fire when it comes to his job. During the ending credits, Falby is found alongside Fire flying over the lake with Kuko's. Because why not see a killer clown flying <laughs> with a chicken? I like how you call it killer clown. So I got some fun facts here. After freeing the Kukos in Kakariko Village, if Wolf Link talks to the white Kuko, it will say that his previous master mistreated it, so it ran away. If Link brings the gray Kuko to where the Goron is keeping watch and talks to it as a wolf, it will say that the other Kukos flew in from Lake Hylia. There's a fun little fact there. According to Hyrule Historia, Falby was originally intended to be female. He might have been supposed to be either Fire's wife or lover. If Link throws all the cuckoos out of the door of Flight by Fowl, Falby will question their disappearance and say that Link has to learn to fly by himself. Get those arms a flapping, mm. Link. I love that one. And that is what I have on Falby. So, um, I always pictured. See, I don't know how to pronounce the name either. I, I want to say Fier, but I'm not 100%. So, we're going to go with Fire for this. <laughs> uh, this one I always pictured as a hobo clown from a painting. Like the painting of the sad clown. Yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> so, Fire will offer Kanan rides for 10 rupees at Lake Hylia, which can take Link to Flight by Fowl. After showing Oru's memo to Fire, he also offers the Oasis Flight, which launches Link from Lake Hylia into the Gerudo Desert. After Link warps, the damaged Sky Cannon to Lake Hylia Fire offers repairing it for 300 rupees so Link can reach the city in the sky. During the ending credits, Fire is found alongside Falby flying over the lake with Kukos. I mean, to be honest, if I could fly by Kukos, I would. So here's a fun little fact here Fire's name is likely a pun on fire. Well, that answers. My question. <laughs> Referencing his profession in canon work. I just want to say, uh, everyone who listens to all of our shows should know by now, uh, I butcher the English language on a repeat basis. <laughs> so this is fun. Fire has an image of a bullet bill on a sleeve. Mm-hmm. For anybody that doesn't know who bullet bill is, it's from Mario. Wahoo. <laughs> Oru mentions that sometime in the past, he saved Fire's life, which I already kind of talked about with Oru. So those are the fun little facts about Fire. However, I do want to say one thing. Hmm. In Japan, his name is Toby. Wow, that is a jump. <laughs> right, so next character. 
uh, Sega Bass Fishing character from the select screen. That has always been what the thing I thought. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> so next character is Henna. And she's a young woman who is the owner of the fishing hole in Zor's River. She's the youngest of her family, and unlike her other siblings, Koro and Isa, she does not have an afro. Yeah, that one always threw me off. So, okay, this is fun. Henna admires the fishing hole man from Ocarina of Time and even believes that she is his descendant, sharing his passion for fishing and his awkward itch. She also owns a pet bird named Purdy, who at random times mentions that Henna is very old, to which the fishing hole owner responds by demanding that Purdy stop telling lies. Despite her love for fishing, she has never caught or seen a Hylian loach and admits that just seeing one would bring her joy. Apart from fishing, she has also invented a game called Rolgol, which unlocks the frog lure. Yes, I said that right. Lure. <laughs> After completing the first eight levels. I always have to give Aaron crap, just so you know. <laughs> just always do. So, in order to try fishing, Link must first consult with henna who will allow link to use both the fishing rod and fishing boat for 100 rupees she will join link and advise him on several things such as the best spot to fish but she will not allow the use of a sinking lure as she believes it's cheating and harmful to the fish and environment she will however allow him to use three different types of floating lures the swimmer popper and spinner types Henna has an aquarium especially made for her customers where she keeps the biggest of each type of fish that gets brought in. One of her dreams is to fill the tank with one of each kind of fish so that she can have her own small aquarium, which would include the legendary Hylian Loach. Once Link manages to catch the legendary fish, she thanks him for making her dream come true and even calls him a master fisherman. Henna also comments on items that Link views in the fishing cabin, which can be seen as a way that Nintendo uses to satirize some of Link's infamous behaviors, such as him not taking his hat off upon entering a building, or going around breaking other people's jars, the latter to which Henna comments as being the dumbest thing she's ever heard of. <laughs> this is great. When Link looks at the canoe, Hannah will tell him that it is her private boat that she only uses with her boyfriend whenever she has one. <laughs> Thus, she does not lend it out to customers. Link can also roll into the wall to try to break the jars, but it's thrown out of the house after being told to stop several times and needs to apologize to Hannah upon entering. During the ending credits, Isa, Hannah, and Koro are all seen lounging together at the fishing hole. So, some fun facts here. If Link looks at the books on the bottom of the shelf underneath the photos, Hannah will say that the name of the book is called The Legend of the Hylian Loach, Twilight Fish, which is about how a young Hylian loach saves Hyrule from danger. The name of the book and the plot is a direct parody to Twilight Princess. 
The book also explains how, when, and where Link can catch a Hylian loach. After Link looks at the picture of the fishing hole man from Ocarina of Time, he can look over at Hina, who will be scratching herself. She mentions that she does not know why she gets itchy sometimes, similar to the Ocarina of Time fishing hole man. Yup. A piece of heart can be found on the cliffs of the fishing hole. If Link is fishing with Henna and casts his fishing rod up to it, he will reel in the piece of heart and Henna will tease Link about it. Okay, so the next one is going to be Tingle's mom. Why do you say that? Um, because, uh, well, number one, the job. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, number two, uh, I, I don't know. I just got this vibe with the tights. Stingle's mom and the ocarina, you know, it all comes down to her job. I associate with Majora's mask, Fisher hole, a fisherman hole guy running the boat shop. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't ask me where mine brain okay. went. Tingle's mom. <laughs> so my next character is Isa, <laughs> who is the owner and operator of the boat rental cabin in the Lanayru province, home of the Rapids Ride minigame. Although she's nice and kind to Link, her brother Koro mentions on how Wolf Link does not even compare to how scary she is. Moreover, Isa's Zora part-time worker comments that she has a short temper, also having a tendency to bribe people with whatever is lying around. When Link first meets Isa, she will not let him rent a boat, saying that they are temporarily closed. However, after Link defeats the shadow beasts that appear near her cabin, she invites him inside. She explains to him that she cannot rent boats because of an earlier rockfall damming up the river. Therefore, she asks Link for help, and she gives him a bomb bag and arrows to make bomb arrows to destroy the boulders. During the end credits, Isa, Henna, and Koro can be seen together relaxing at the fishing hole. So, some fun little facts here. If Link breaks the yellow jars hanging inside the boat rental cabin, Isa will demand that Link pays for them. She'll also refuse service to Link until he agrees to pay 10 rupees for them. Don't go breaking jars. <laughs> After defeating the nearby shadow insect, when the area is still covered in twilight, Isa mentions how she wishes for a shiny prince to come by and solve all her problems. She does so while looking towards the sky with her hands together, then slumping down, shaking her head. So, last little fun fact here. In Japan, her name is Liz. Okay. Um, I got nothing for this one. I really, I tried hard. I couldn't. Tuna fish? <laughs> Tuna fish. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> that would be Prince Tuna Fish to you. <laughs> as I am going to talk about Prince Rollis. So, Rollis is the prince of the Zora people and son of Rutella. He tried to travel to Hyrule Castle to plead to Princess Zelda for help when Zora's domain froze over, but he was attacked by twilight monsters sent by Zaw and rescued by Ilya. He became ill 
because he had spent too long away from water and required emergency transport to Kakariko Village to be treated by Renato. Soon after Link clears the lake bed temple, Rallis wakes up and recovers from his illness. However, he does not often socialize with the people of Kakariko Village and constantly prays at King Zora's grave in the graveyard. If Link visits him, Rallis will tell the young hero that he has seen him in a dream that his mother sent him. He's reluctant to become the king of the Zoras, but throughout the story, he grows in confidence with Link's help. He's an excellent rakefish angler and gifts Link the coral earring required to catch one. Catching a rakefish is essential to the game's progression. When Link catches one, it will give off a scent that leads to Snow Peak. Link can use this scent to guide him through the harsh blizzards of Snow Peak in his wolf form and seek out the first shard of the Mirror of Twilight. After giving Link the coral earring, Rollis returns to Zora's domain and rules over the Zoras. If Link visits him, he will welcome him and urge him to make himself at home. During the end credits, Rollis finds the spirit of his mother and continues to rule over the Zoras, but in a much happier state. So some fun little facts here. During the period in the game when Link returns to Ordon Village, to ask Mayor Bo how he bested the Gorons. If he goes into the other villagers' house, either before or after he speaks to Mayor Bo, Rollis's theme will be playing in the background. This only occurs during this segment of the game. The pendant around Rollis's neck resembles the Zora's sapphire from Ocarina of Time. In France, his name is Lars. <laughs> Lars. Lars. Oh my gosh. All right, you ready for the next one? Yeah. I have this one. If fairies were fish. If fairies were fish. I guess. Listen, nobody said I was as good as you at this. <laughs> So, my next character is Rotella. She was the queen and elder of the Zoras residing in Zora's domain. Rotella was the wife of the late King Zora and mother to Rallis. During the events of Twilight Princess, shadow beasts raid the Zora village, forcing the queen to quickly send her son to Hyrule Castle to inform Princess Zelda of what had occurred. However, before Prince Rollis could return, the Shadow Beasts executed Rotella in front of the other Zoras. Kind of dark. Mm -hmm. She first appears soon after Link and Midna thaw Zora's domain with the Molten Shard. Just as they are departing from the throne room, Rotella appears and thanks them for saving her village and her people. She tells them the tale of her unfortunate fate and mentions that she senses Prince Rollis's presence growing fainter over time. She states that although she would give her life for his, she can no longer risk anything for his sake now that she is deceased. She asks Link to save Prince Rollis, promising to give him the Zora armor in return. After Link brings Prince Rollis to Kakariko Village to be healed, Rotella appears to him once again just outside of the sanctuary. 
She leads him to the hidden grave just behind the Kakariko Village graveyard, where King Zora, the creator of the Zora armor, lies in eternal slumber. There she thanks Link for saving her son in his time of need, and honoring her earlier promise to Link, she bestows the Zora armor upon him. Afterwards, Rotella says that she will now be able to join the king in his slumber and ask Link to tell her son that she loves him without end. She also says that Prince Rollis should not grieve his mother's death, for she wants him to be brave and live on as the king of the Zoras. Later, Prince Rollis mentions to Link that Rotella appeared to him in a dream and showed him Link's image, telling him that he was the one who would save Zora's domain and steer his destiny. During the ending credits, Rotella is seen watching over her son in Zora's domain. Talk about the hurt. I know. So I got some fun facts here. Her necklace resembles the Zora Sapphire. Her theme is a remix of the Serenade of Water from Ocarina of Time. While her appearance gives the impression that she is clothed in a trailing robe, Hyrule Historia refers to her lower body as her legs. Like Princess Rudo and most other Zoras, she's not wearing clothes though her fins give the illusion of a dress. The prefix Rut in Rutella's name is most likely a reference to Princess Ruto. I like that they do that, too. Yeah. All right, my next interpretation. If Angelica from Rugrats was nice. I mean, is she nice, though? (laughs) So, my next character is Agatha. And she is a young, self-proclaimed princess. Around the age of ten. She lives in her castle in Castletown. She loves to dress in... She loves to dress in gothic-style clothes and pretend to be princess of the insect kingdom in her own little castle house. She had sent out invitations to the golden bugs to come to her ball. There are 12 types of bugs, each species having both a male and female for 24 bugs total. She believes that they have each gotten lost on their way, so she requests that Link find all 24 bugs for her. For each bug, Link's give... For each bug Link gives her, she gives him 50 rupees. For each time he completes a pair, she gives him 100 rupees. When Link gives her the first bug, she gives him the big wallet. After taking all 24 bugs to Agatha, Link receives the giant wallet. If Link leaves her castle when he still has golden bugs on hand, she will whisper that she knows he still has some, accompanied by a low growl. This is what I mean. Yeah, okay. You got me there. (laughs) This is like Beatles' younger sister, (laughs) like spoiled brat younger sister. Dang it. See, again, with the better ones. (laughs) In Twilight Princess HD, upon 
delivering half of the bugs to her, she will give Link a stamp of her that can be used in Meverse. Additionally, if Link obtains a wallet upgrade from the Cave of Shadows, before obtaining both wallet upgrades from Agatha, she will reward him with the Colossal Wallet upon bringing her all 24 bucks. Although she's a bit delusional, she's very kind and caring. Yeah, see, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just gloss over the delusional part. <laughs> she's one of the few characters who is not afraid of Wolf Link, but rather asks if he would like to play with her, as she thinks he's a puppy. She apologizes for not being able to speak puppy, indicating she thinks that Wolf Link wants to tell her something. Sometimes she can be found outside the southern gates of Hyrule Castle Town during the daytime before Link has brought her all 24 bugs. She states she is looking for bugs in the flowers. This is the only time she carries her trademark parasol and basket with her. If Link speaks to her around sunset when she is walking back to the city, she says she's heading home and if Link wants to talk to her, he should come visit her at her posh castle. <laughs> I know, like, it's funny because it's not because, oh, she's just not scared of Wolf Link. Like, she is so entitled. She's just so entitled. She's not scared of Link. Yeah, because, like, she just believes he's a puppy. Oh, cute puppy. Oh, what a cute little puppy. Sorry, I don't speak puppy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But here's like a hundred rupees for, you know, each pair of bug you bring me. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh. So you ready for the next one? Uh, no, because I have trivia. <gasps> I'm so sorry. Yeah. I didn't know there was trivia. The first time Link talks to Agatha, she thinks he's an insect. The insect she calls Link depends on the tunic he's wearing. It can be a giant grasshopper, jewel beetle, or scarab beetle. The third result is impossible to see in the original game because Link cannot afford the magic armor's 598 rupee price without the big wallet. In Twilight Princess HD, it's possible to obtain the big wallet from the Cave of Shadows to obtain the magic armor before talking to her. In Hyrule Warriors, Agatha claims to have learned how to pick locks from termites. It's the best. And Agatha's name may be based on the Agatha genus of snails. Huh. Never knew that one. All right, last little thing here. Let's go. All right. In Spanish, her name is Maripola. Maripola? Mm-hmm. And it's most likely a play on words of mariposa, which means butterfly. That's my brain exploding. Or crazy insect child. <laughs> again, interpretations are so much better when they come from you. I am never doing interpretations again. Mine a stink. I am still kind of fond of like Beetle's spoiled, rotten, entitled little sister. <laughs> like she doesn't necessarily act like a brat, 
but like the entitlement and like the almost like her not having a grasp of reality you know what I want now I want fan art of her and beetle fighting over a gold beetle she'll probably growl at him <laughs> and he'll probably be scared knowing beetle that's all that needs to happen is her growling and him going oh <laughs> that's it done fan art done listen we're if not doing that to my boy beetle <laughs> If somebody makes this, I'm going to blow up into a poster and I'm going to send it to all the patrons. <laughs> I also want to blow up poster of that so I can hang up in the studio. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I think that's it for characters right now, wasn't it? Yeah. Listen, listeners, I'm very sorry. I have been lying to you saying that this is going to be the last episode on characters <laughs> and I am very tired I am very tired and uh. I still have like 11 characters left so what I think we're going to do is the next episode that we're doing is on items I think mm. I'll just the first half of that episode will be items characters oh I see what you did there yeah I'm sorry, listeners. I know I have failed a lot this summer. It's okay. You can hate me and you can throw all your sarcastic comments that normally I would say right at me and I'll take them. Well, I think this is the perfect time before we end this episode. Uh, I know we wanted to share what's been going on and what's been causing all these massive delays. Do you want to take the airwaves for a bit on this one? Uh, yeah, listeners. I'm going to get real with you. Uh-oh. It's my fault. So you can throw all your hate and anger at me. It's my fault. So it's the summer. And I was assistant coach of a softball team. We play in the evenings. So recordings of episodes have not happened because I haven't been here and Aaron and his golden heart didn't want to do episodes without me because he's a good boy when I'm not so yeah that's it I know it's not fair to you guys and I know it's no excuse I'm just telling you it is what it is I sucked and you know had to be coaching softball and so, yeah, by the way, softball season is now over. Hey, guess what? We did get first place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we did get first place and the season and the playoffs. So that's good news. But it is over. So, yes, recordings will go back to normal. You guys will get an episode every week again. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, guys. It's my fault. So I'm really sorry. We will do better i will do better well and you can't take all the blame for this either during the summer my day job gets really hectic and work gets really hard and difficult over the summer and they throw 
extra, extra work on us. And there has been times where I've come home and I have passed out. I am done. It's so summer is a difficult time of the year for us. And we try our hardest to prep before summer comes. But with the chaos that our life is, it's difficult. And that's not your fault. And we're again, I, Ariel said it best. We're terribly sorry about it all. Um, to make up for it, though, we are recording. I think we're recording quite a few in one go and releasing them, right? Yeah, I know this week we are going to um, do two. We're going to this episode and the items slash most of the characters <laughs> uh, episode for this week. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to just kind of take a little break. Not from you guys, but from games kind of dive into some other topics like we have been doing in between games now mm-hmm. so we're definitely gonna have some fun with that because we're gonna talk about some fun topics before we dive into crossbow training so <laughs> which will be all of like what two episodes don't because i really <laughs> thought these characters wouldn't be as long as it was mm. so let's not just say mm, two episodes I will say, um, I know the episodes are running a little long for you guys, so we're going to wrap it up here soon. But the new plan of attack here for the way we're going to approach these episodes is we're going to go through a game in its entirety, and then we're going to take a small break and we're going to discuss theories and we're going to do deep dives of different creatures and topics. And, you know, we're going to find the things that in, we really, really want to get into hardcore and we're going to deep dive into them. And that may result in us revisiting old stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes, such as like the races and things like that. We're just going to go into a deeper, more in-depth dive and evaluating a ton of stuff about it. Such as Cuckoo's. Oh, Cuckoo. (laughs) Sorry, I can't do it. But anyway, again, we're sorry. We want to thank everyone who's stuck with us this far. Everyone who's been with us from the beginning through all the ups through all the downs you guys send us love you send us support you send us such kind words and the community really is such a wonderful community and we can't thank you enough for sticking through with us and we promise we're getting better we're working on things behind the scenes to make this possible we're getting there it's just honestly our first year of doing this one so thank you for bearing with us thank you for biting the bullet so to speak and uh bullet bill bullet bill yeah thanks for biting the bullet bill and we hope that you'll all continue to stick around and continue to love this as much as we love doing it and we continue to hope that you love us just as much as we love you i'd have to agree with aaron i do definitely appreciate all you guys and yeah I do definitely appreciate you guys sticking with us through all of our ups and downs with like health issues my health issues mm-hmm. and everything else so we've had health issues we've had computer downage we have had uh, you know mental health issues we've had this ton of stuff go on this year and gosh, I love this community. 
and how loving and supporting they are. And they're just awesome, aren't they? Whole lot more awesome than you. <laughs> I see you jumping out of the feel zone now. I see you doing that. <laughs> I have all the feels for the listeners. None uh, for you. Well, I used up my feels. Well, then let's give all the feels to the listeners now and thank them one last giant time for listening and being patient. And uh, we'll see you this week again for another episode. <laughs> Yep, and like I said, direct your hate mail towards Ariel. <laughs> you can um, just just Ariel. Mm. Yeah, just put just Ariel. Yeah, just Ariel. You're a butthead. Send me your hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, which is in uh, a few days. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Uh, tune in next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter, at LOZ Lorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. <laughs>